everyone. I'm Rosie Ward, and this is Show Up as a Leader. Man, are you in for a treat with today's episode. By the time you're done, you are going to love Nancy Pouch, the Chief Evangelist of Stakeholder Value for Envision IT, just as much as I do. I just love every interaction I have with her, and she is such an incredible example of hitting the reset button, of letting us know that we can wake up and we can start to pay attention and listen to our inner voice and do deep inner work to be able to shift the course that we're on and have a better outcome for our lives. And she has such incredible stories and such incredible wisdom and really shows that development and becoming our fully authentic selves is an ongoing lifelong journey. And she has really great insights and really great nuggets and even mantras of how to shift when we have that self-limiting dialogue, when we're starting to get in our own way. And I just know that there is tons of inspiration and wisdom in her journey and in our conversation. And I know you're going to walk away thinking differently about your own lives, your own leadership journey, and have some nuggets that hopefully you can apply. And they are such an incredible organization. We feature Envision IT in our book, so I encourage you, if you have not got our book, Rehumanizing the Workplace, you can read all about Nancy's journey, you can read all about Envision IT, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, so Nancy, thank you for being here. I'm super, super excited that we are chatting, and I feel like you're my sister from another mister in so many ways. (laughs) Thank you, Rosie. Back at you. We're going to have fun. Back at you. I'm really happy and thankful to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. Well, I know that when we met, so we met through Conscious Capitalism, and we are on the leadership team together for the Twin Cities chapter, and I just... Yeah, we just clicked right off the bat. And when I learned more about you and I learned more about Envision, obviously I had to feature you in the book, not just for what you're doing for the company, but I just think your story and your journey of, I call it hitting a big old reset. Like it's never too late to hit a reset and to wake up and do the inner work that we need to show up as an effective leader, which is really what this podcast is about. And so I just wanted you to start maybe with walking through kind of your I'm going to call it your leadership journey and your uh, kind of awakening and and where where you're at now because I just think it's really powerful. Oh, well thank you. I'm glad it uh uh, it's helpful. So yeah, thank you. So, well, so my awakening, I guess, and it's, you know what it is, it was an awakening and thank God it wasn't very traumatic, right. Or anything, um, huge like that, but it was powerful to use your word. Yeah. So, so I grew up in the technology industry, right. And it's a pretty tough industry. Detmer used the word sharp elbows and that describes it really well. I say, take wall street, turn it up about 10 decibels and you got the technology industry, right. Rough and tumble and, um, not conscious, for the most part, I'm going to do, use very broad strokes, so please, right? As, at least certainly our swim lane of it is not stereotypically conscious, and that's how I grew up, right? Um, and so I didn't know much else. And, uh, you know, you and I have talked, to, I'm a recovering people pleaser, perfectionist, and A type, but I say A type cubed because I'll outwork anybody. <laughs> oh my God, that's me. I always say I'm like quadruple A. So I just, instead yeah. of saying A cubed, I say I'm quadruple A and yeah, yeah. ongoing recovering perfectionist because I feel like it's a daily practice. But anyway, yeah. And those for me are intertwined, right? I mean, part of my perfectionism is tied to people pleasing. Gosh, if I don't do it right, do it right, I'll outwork somebody, right? I mean, it's just funny how they're intertwined. It's just, but anyway, um, so I, yeah, I grew grew up in that industry and um, with, especially with those um, 
learned behaviors, right? Or default settings for me, boy, was I thriving, quote unquote, I use air quotes, right? Thriving, um, uh, quote unquote, killing it. You know, those were kind of words we used back then. I had a phenomenal team and was leading a great team. And my leadership style worked really well in that. Um, and uh, I had everything that society said uh, would make me happy, right? Um, title Schmeidel, um, great income, leading a team. Um, uh, and uh, it was interesting because one day I, uh, I was considering a problem and a decision I had to make. And of course, back then I didn't ask for help. Um, uh, I was not my best self back then. Um, and uh, not that I'm at now, but at least I'm working on it, right? Um, but, We're all uh, works in progress. But, We're all works in progress, yeah. This journey, endless. It's an endless, beautiful evolution. Um, but anyway, I uh, was discussing an issue with someone and uh, not asking for help. And someone said, Nancy, you know, as they were walking out of the room, just listen to your gut and you'll find your answer, right? You just listen to your gut. To which, especially me back then says, ooh, gut, I gotta figure out what it is. I'll fix it, find it, have my answer, right? There we go. So I went on a search for my gut and that was the powerful instant of a moment when I think I was just listening. And I think the universe, God, whatever anyone believes in, right? But that power that said, hang on, listen to that. And I did, and I went on this pursuit for my gut, which ultimately, Rosie, was a pursuit of intuition right? And when you go to intuition, um, that's a whole nother, uh, that's a whole nother um, field, right? It's just huge. And so that launched my personal growth journey and a spiritual journey hand in hand, um, because I think those do go hand in hand, at least they do for me, my experiences they do. Um, and uh, um, I said, holy cow. And then I came to this realization that my day job was conf completely conflicting with now my, my, world outside of work, right? Because I was on this growth journey, the spiritual journey, and I mentioned my A-type cube, my work ethic, right? When I'm doing that, that was a huge side hustle. It's like I was in a PhD program outside because I was curious and wanted to learn and know and all of this. And then I'd go to work, I could see, oof, this is very unnatural for me. And I felt this complete inauthenticity at work and not feeling comfortable in that environment anymore. And then I recognized just how hard it was on everybody. It wasn't hard on, on just me, right? It was hard on everyone. There's a lot of M&As, a lot of mergers and acquisitions. And, you know, a lot of people are looking to sell or were just sold and that's kind of constant turn. So it creates that short-term thinking, right? Shareholder only mindset. So it's almost exact opposite of conscious capitalism. It is kind of the bad capitalism, right? Um, where money is king. So anyway, so with all of that, I now saw, oh my gosh, what the heck, right? And then as, you know, fate, the universe, again, whatever anyone believes um, would have it, what came into my life was the book Firms of Endearment. Firms of Endearment then woke me up to say, oh my gosh, there's another way. There could be a, my life could be a whole life. I could bring all of this together. And, you know, during all that time, during the hardship, again, I mentioned kind of the suffering that we saw. And again, we could talk about the whole reasons why so much of that there were, again, when money is kind of the, the top priority in the short-term game, there's, you know, levers and bonuses and all these structures that are put in place that again, cause that kind of that unnatural behavior that can also cause a very unhealthy culture. It's like a domino effect, right? Again, that's yep. a whole nother podcast um, or a whole nother discussion. But, you know, I really opened my eyes to all of the suffering. And I talk about, I shared with you the story that really kind of after this personal growth journey, reading Firms of Endearment, the day that was kind of the second 
big day of the, my reckoning. I'd say my, you know, what is it? When you're on the bathroom floor and you're asking for help, you're the hero's journey, right? The night of the dark soul. Yeah. <laughs> um, was, uh, um, and I'm going to try really hard to just keep my composure, but was my brother from another mother, my, my, um, my business partner, Bill Crane, who you've met, um, you know, he led in this company that we work for, he led the technical side of it. I led the business development. We were in leadership, not executive leadership, right? So no ownership stake, et cetera. And um, we were absorbing a lot of the pressure and leading our teams to execute on these really, un, I'm gonna call them unrealistic, but just really big goals, right? And um, again, we were kind of in the middle. So we were kind of protecting our teams, absorbing a lot of the pressure and it was falling on our shoulders. I joke, ha ha ha. When I joined the industry, I was six foot. Now I'm 4'10", right? Waited a little <laughs> It shrunk you. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but um, with Bill, he, we're very different, right? I'm a little more animated as you've seen, right? Um, and emotional potentially. And he is a rock. He's stable. He's grounded naturally. I have to do a lot of work to be grounded. He's naturally grounded. Just so many admirable things. And it's so like the, you're the, you're like the yin yang, right? That, yeah. that makes it work. Yep. 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 And what's funny, I think over time we've grown to over, you know, bleed over into each other. I've worked really hard on becoming grounded. Believe it or not, I'm actually more grounded. You should have seen me. <laughs> and uh, he's become a little bit more animate. You know, it's just kind of funny. We both have evolved and grown, right? But yep. anyway, especially back then he was, he, uh, we, we, you know, we were more in our, our, uh, natural selves, I guess you'd say pre evolution. Right. And, uh, so he absorbed a lot. And one day he came into the office and I almost didn't recognize him, Rosie, because his face was distorted, significantly distorted and come to find out he had developed Bell's palsy and, you know, Bell's palsy, that's he, a textbook t case caused by stress that he had taken on and his body was talking to him, right? And more, more importantly, I guess, than seeing the, dis the facial disfigurement was his eyes. I could tell he was in a ton of pain. He was just in so much pain. And I'm looking at, you know, my rock um, injured and suffering. And yeah, that was, that was my night of the, the, the dark night of the soul for me was, okay, hell no. Hell right. no. Hell to the no. Yeah. Hell to the no. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting about that is when you share that, I, uh, I know that, uh, on Brene Brown's podcast, she had just had the authors of burnout. Um, and you know, talking. I just about, listened to that podcast with her. Yeah. Isn't I that fantastic? <laughs> yeah, I did too. I did too. It's fantastic. But, but it's, but it, we are sisters from another mystery. It's so crazy. Yeah. But, oh but what's so fascinating is, and you kind of knew this, but really talking about, how we internalize stress and really that we don't complete that stress cycle until our Absolutely. body gives out. And when you, when you shared the story of bill in for our book, but also even just now, you know, I think about how many times in my life, and I I'm curious if you've experienced this, but being that triple a overachiever perfectionist, you know, I'm hyperproductive, get shit done, but it comes at a cost. And, and I prided myself when people call me wonder woman. And yeah. I was like, he almost wore it as a badge of honor. Right. But, but yeah. But then all of a sudden you hit points where your body is like, okay, you know what? You're done. And I would just get sick and I yep. would get, you know, whatever. And so it's like our bodies have a way of, if, okay, if you are going to continue to not listen to your gut, not listen to the universe, you're going to continue to push yourself 
like yep. I'm going to step step in and save you because you can't save yourself. Absolutely. And and so so when you talk about what happened to Bill, you know, and someone who's such a rock, you know, because we all absorb it differently. Right. It's just it's such a common experience, and it's absolutely just, God work. You know, I used to say that the day that the day that a workplace makes you cry, I'm freaking out of there. Yep. Um, right. Or the day that yep. the workplace does whatever to you, like it's not worth it, but yep. yet, you know, something keeps us around or whatever. So anyway, I just, it just, I was so struck by that. Um, anyway, oh. we're on the same journey, but <laughs> well, that's, I was so struck as well. I mean, I just, you know, and, and back then again, you know, pretty much every day, a group of us, um, would go down to, a bar on the street and, and for, I'm doing air quotes again, you know, for, uh, you know, a beverage to relax, you know, release. This is such a common thing back then, right? And people in that circumstances. And it still happens I, now. It's very common in so many industries, yeah, right? That's it's for me. So I don't hang around that as much anymore, right? So, but I guess, yeah, it does. Um, so for me, it seems so far away now, right? But back then I remember walking in and, you know, Kel Surprise, Nancy was a few minutes late, coming in on two wheels, right? Um, a little bit of MO I'm working on. Anyway, um, and I see Bill kind of in the back with his hands in his pockets. I go up to him. I'm like, Bill, God, if there's ever a day you need a beer, for crying out loud, it's today, right? And he looked at me and, you know, with his speech that was um, impaired, he said he couldn't drink out of a glass, right? It would just go all over. Uh, oh my God. So I'm choking back tears and, and, and I go up to the bar, I get myself a glass of wine, get a beer for him and get, we both drink out of straws that night. And I am just choking back uh, tears. And that's when I'm like held in a little. So the next day, um, I think it was after that, that maybe the, the book firms of endearment came into my life because it was very um, synchristic, you know, it was just, or yeah, very um, divine timing. Uh, that the book firms of endearment came in. That's when I said, oh my gosh, it could be, you know, it could be different. I could be a whole person, could be authentic act where, you know, this, oh my gosh, right. <laughs> it was a lightning bolt. So I read it like in two days, I was just <laughs> through it as fast as I could. And cause I was taking it on, I gave it to Bill. I said, Bill, oh my gosh. He said, oh my gosh, Nancy. Yeah, let's do this. We got to be able to do that. And then again, as the universe works, I think it was maybe eight weeks later, we, I'm doing a favor for one of my team. And I meet um, Bo Smith back um, in a meeting. And sure enough, he's doing a favor for one of his team. And we come together with a completely different, we're talking about a project or something, what could happen. And um, Bo is this young, intelligent, um, passionate um, professional who has this company called Envision IT. And you know what, we put everything aside and I said, oh my gosh, I'd love to learn more about Envision IT. Said, Nancy, I'd love to learn more about you. And I gave him the book Firms of Endearment and said, that's what I wanna build. He said, that's what I want you know, this company to be, come do it. And so Bill and I joined Bo and that was now, gosh, that was in, I think 2013. And here we are, we have, uh, we transformed. Listen, the company was great from the start, um, but it was naturally evolving in the technology industry. Right. So we really had to mindfully restructure things. And we um, uh, we did. We uh, transformed the company. And that sounds like an overhaul. And it was again, it had good roots, but we had to change some things together. And we did. And we um, listen. And, and the roots of all of it were certainly the pillars of conscious capitalism, start, starting with our purpose or why, right? And I'll tell you, that was, we never wanna do what we experienced to other people. We never wanna do what we experienced 
to other people. And that became our higher purpose. We were so strongly and still today, um, people are the source of everything, love them, care for them, that's what matters. So our mission, our higher purpose is um, enriching the lives of our stakeholders. Um, and that's all of our stakeholders, right? Um, and then, the which is why you're the you're the chief evangelist of stakeholder value, <laughs> aka president, because people look at that and go, "What the heck?" But I was like, "What is this title? This is fantastic." Yeah. Well, and you know, as you get into more of the the you know conscious business, right? One of the key factors there is be very clear about your purpose. Roy Spence in the movement, in the conscious capitalism movement, uh, as well as said, you know, purpose doesn't make things easier; it makes things clearer right? Yeah. Um, it makes it clearer, not easier. And that's true. <laughs> We've learned that. But you know, if, when you're clear on your purpose, um, first of all, you're likely passionate about it. God knows I am, right? Hello, have we met? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and then you design the company around that to make sure that you're doing that, right? To make sure that the, so we've operationalized everything for that purpose, right? And by the way, then that serves our stakeholders. Another pillar in the conscious capital, right? Second pillar is, is a stakeholder mindset. Well, yeah, that's our only mind. That's our mindset, right? <laughs> and then conscious leadership, which uh, really holds us accountable, right? The ELT, all leadership, right? But especially me and the ELT, right? We better be walking the talk. Absolutely. And we work very, very hard on that. Um, we do push-ups. I mean, that's one of the reasons yeah, my side hustle is still my side hustle, right? Because if I'm not doing that, how can I serve the incredible people that I have the privilege of serving, envisioners and the rest of our stakeholders? And then well, that well, way- Well, and I think that that, I just wanna chime in for a second because I want to circle back to that because you said something super, super important, right? I mean, your side hustle, which is developing yourself, continuing self-awareness is, is, you know, but I would say it's not a side hustle, right? It's part of you being able to be your authentic self. And I think that's so important because literally yesterday I was having a conversation with uh, a leader of one of my, one of the organizations I work with, and she has a manager that's on her team, right? So she's at a director level. And we've had conversations about that. This manager thinks because she got a master's a couple of years ago in organizational leadership that somehow she doesn't need to develop. And she's always poo-pooed yeah. any develop. And I'm like, this is such a red flag. And we basically have come to this tipping point. And I'm like, anybody, I don't care where you're at in your life, where you're at in your career. If you don't think that you don't have an opportunity to continue to self-reflect and to continue to grow and evolve and shift your mindset and show up as a better version of yourself, like you're, you're missing the point. Like this is Absolutely. like a journey we're on. And so I just, I just, Absolutely. I, so I just wanted to pause there because it was, I think what you said is so, so important. Like it's still your side hustle and, and, you know, yet you've, you're now, you know, the president of this successful company, you've been doing this a long time, but you, it's just so, so important. I feel like conscious leadership is a journey that we can all be on and we're never we're never done, which never is done. why I'm doing this no podcast, box, right? There is no check the box. There's no finish line. Uh, uh. And, and, you know, you have to enjoy that journey, right? I mean, you have, I thank God I love enriching, right? Um, uh, I think, right. It's part of its servant leadership. So much you mentioned self-awareness, emotional intelligence, right? Social intelligence because purpose oftentimes what's my purpose on this world, right? It's bigger than just me, you know? Um, and you know, the growth mindset, all of that. And if you have any one of those things, 
you're going to realize that's not a checkbox. You're not done. If you're actually doing any one of those things, they will bleed into the others, right? And I could go on and on about all of that because it's also intertwined and so important. I was on a call um, earlier this week with Hubert Jolie, the former um, CEO of Best Buy, right? And it was funny. We were in a small group. It was like five of us, I think. And you know, one of the things he said, and I can't remember if he this was his or if he credited it to someone else, but I'll tell you what, I'll credit it to you, Hubert, um, was he said, not all readers are leaders, but all leaders are readers. And I said, oh, 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 yeah. Right? right. That reminds me of, I love that. And that reminds me of, there is a stat out there and I can't remember who's the originator of it. I probably need to look it up off the top of my head, but we always talk about this in the work we do with teams is that the most effective leaders spend at least five hours a week on deliberate growth, deliberate learning, deliberate, right? Like reflection and those types of things. And I even think about you know, the Chapman and co-leadership Institute from Barry Waymiller, they talk about shifting from the work of management, which is running around busy in the business, putting out fires reactive Efforting. to working. Yeah, yeah. To working on the business more and on the business's three buckets, it's self team and business. And most people ignore that self. They think they don't have time, but you, you can't afford to, to not do that. Absolutely. So I love that. That's what, you know, and as they say, right, put the oxygen mask on first so then you can help others, right? I had to learn that that was really hard, right? I didn't, I used to not believe that. Like you mentioned too, Wonder Woman, right? Everybody else first, right? But the minute we actually get there, I, you know, in the morning, it's so funny because I'll get into the office probably nine-ish. I think, oh, Nancy comes in, you know, later. Some people might perceive that as later, right? Certainly not in visioners, but I have a four-hour routine, right? I, I, I wake up, I... I have my reading in the morning and I'll go between a business book and a spiritual book, you know, whatever it might be, or, you know, other reading, industry reading, right? But typically I'll make sure that there's some spiritual point of that morning um, and then I'll meditate and then I will take a walk in nature with my dog, right? And, and all I have to have, I don't, listen, perfection is pure fiction, right? I, I say that as a recovering perfectionist, I have to remind myself perfection is pure fiction. So most mornings, that's my routine. And that's what I really try. And if I get occasionally, if I have to, have to miss one of those three things, okay, like today, I couldn't walk my dog because the garbage trucks were out. Well, tell me that that's, that's not pleasant with my dog to see the garbage trucks, right? So he'll get walked later, right? But you know what? I, I literally just learned that with our new puppies that just came home is one of them, Daisy, on Wednesday, I thought she was going to lose her mind when the garbage trucks came, but the boy Finnegan was like watching him. They, were so, they did such the stereotypical boy girl thing in dog format. She wanted to run and hide for her life. And he's like, Ooh, it's, it's yeah. something mechanical. Anyway, it was very funny. Here's the deal. Mine's a Morky. So he's half, half uh, Maltese, half, you know, Yorkshire Terrier. He's little. Right. And this reminds me in a previous life, I'll tell you. So he thinks he can take on those trucks. So he goes at them. Right. <laughs> He's got little dog syndrome. So again, hello. Right. Uh, yeah. you, you know, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so we were talking, you know, conscious leadership as far as that third piddle. So we've got our higher purpose as far as in, you know, I think any, most successful conscious businesses, right? Higher purpose, stakeholder orientation, conscious leadership. And then to your point, which you just brought up, which I think is really important, is conscious leadership to, to help lay the fertile ground for a conscious culture, right? You mentioned you know, you have to be there to allow others, not allow. I use the word allow when I think of um, enable, like enabling, um, you know, bringing in, right? So I want to be clear, not allow, like you let someone, right? None right. of that, 
but foster cultivate support, right? So to foster cultivate support, that, that ground, that, that environment for a conscious culture, right? If you're not a conscious leader working on that conscious leadership journey, it's almost impossible. I haven't seen it done anyway to have a conscious culture that's, that's pervasive. Right. You can't, you, you, you absolutely can't because there's no self-awareness. There's no, you can't show up as the best version of yourself and your fully authentic self and make a positive impact if you're not working on yourself. So right. what I love about your morning routine is one of the exercises that we do with people that's so simple, but so many people are like blown away for doing it is we call it ingredients to be my best. And we just ask them to think about, they literally fill in the blank. I'm at my best when I'm at my best when I'm at my best when like so you, I'm at my best when, you know, probably I've got a good night's sleep when I do reading first, first thing in the oh, by the way, I did not say that. Absolutely. That's right. first and foremost. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and in, and in our go, 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 uh, scarcity mindset culture that Lynn twist talked about in our interview, you know, we yep. forego sleep, we push ourselves until, you know, we get sick, et cetera. Right. But so, so, but you know, you have this morning routine that sets you to be your best self and you know, it's not always going to be perfect, but you know that this is kind of what you need. And so I ask people to just like, I'm at my best when I'm calm and relaxed. I'm at my best when I can have authentic connection with others. And then we ask them to think about if this was a recipe, mm-hmm. what are the ingredients that increase the likelihood that that version of you can show up? So it might be, you know, that you need to schedule your calendar a certain way. It might mean that you need to, you know, have a certain nighttime routine before you go to bed, to What right? So it's thinking about how do you set yourself deliberate practices to set it up for success. And when we've done that with people, I'll ask them, you know, when it, when's the last time you even thought about this or have you ever? And most people are like, I, I couldn't even tell you, like we're just on autopilot. And so I think to your point to become a conscious leader or to even become a daring leader um, for Brene Brown, we have to start with self. We have to start with being aware. And if we are on autopilot or if we're checked out or we're just hustling or we're numbing, right. we're, we're not going to get where we want to go. So yeah. I just so appreciate your, and you're setting the tone for, for the envisioners that you serve in your organization. It's like, no, this is who I need to be the best in service of you. And it gives other people permission to do what they need to tend to their ingredients to be their best. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, but that's what, again, on that conscious leadership journey, right? You mentioned authenticity. Absolutely. I had mentioned Carol Dweck's work, growth mindset, right? Listen, I'm going to, as a, you know, this working with being a conscious leader, right? Being on that journey yourself. um, I screw up all the time and I'm not afraid nowadays, right? In fact, for people to see it, right? Because it's how we get back up and try again right? And the resilience. And so, um, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and you know what? Um, so, you know, I, obviously I'm a certified dare to lead facilitator and I just got done. I don't work. Oh, it's so great. And I just got done doing group with, uh, like a hundred public health professionals and we, so we were having this whole conversation. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, you guys are doing such important work. And what I said is when you sign up, to be a daring leader. So I'd say when you sign up to be a conscious leader, you are signing up to fall. Like you said, you will fall. If you think you're not going to, like you are going to be face down in the arena. And so the key is that's why this ongoing work on self to, to be aware when we're emotionally hooked and triggered, right. To be aware of the crazy stories we tell ourselves when we are hooked and triggered, and then to 
fact check them, reset, ground ourselves and our values. And to your point, learning to rise, get back up. Like we've, if we don't know how to reset and get back up, like, and we need to teach everybody how to reset and get back up. Not just people. How do we teach them first by example? How do we first teach them, teach the only thing we can do, because you can't force anyone to do anything. Right. And you shouldn't ever try to manipulate behavior. Absolutely not. Right. It's by example. Yeah. By example. Yeah. And that's contagious. I apologize. but. But, but that's totally contagious, right? And that's yep. that's fantastic. So I, I wanna I wanna ask you something because you talked about these kind of pivotal moments where you kind of were like hell no and woke up. And I know I've had those in my journey that shape me. But I, I'm really curious when you think about where you're at now on your leadership journey, kind of what what are you what do you know now that you wish you knew then and what's really guiding and shaping you, especially in this really insane time or insane environment that 2020 is? That's such a good question, Rosie. Oh my gosh. Listen, there are a gazillion things I wish I knew then that I'm learning now. I've learned now and continue to learn, right? I think once you learn something, you also keep learning it over and over and over in different ways, right? But I think, let's see, one is that it's going to be okay. Everything, no matter what, is going to be okay. I think I used to ask myself or say to myself, what if, what if, what I've switched that um, talk track to even if, even mm. if it's going to be That's okay. so wait, that is uh, say, say that again. Cause that is super powerful. Cause so many people catastrophize when exactly. our world feels out of control and do the, what if this, what if that, what if this, mm-hmm. so what if is fear-based, right? What if, what if, and then guess what? We're off to the races. Your mind's doing all this stuff and da, 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 da. And that can lead to a domino effect of neg- negativity, right? Cause we have more power than we think right? (laughs) Um, With our thoughts. And so instead of what if, it's even if, you know what, even if that happens, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to have, it's all going to be okay. Play that out, right? And then I think that really helps grounding. So I think that, um, you know, groundedness was my big thing that, you know, in meditation, that root chakra, right? For me, that grounding shot, those first three kind of I don't want to go woo woo, but really the, the grounding for me was really, really important. So that's one, two, um, you know what? I am enough. I think when you're a people pleaser, perfectionist, right? It's the self-judgment and what will others think? Um, who the f- cares what others think, right? I mean, and I'm, that's not actually yeah. true, right? I mean, in, in full, right? But the judging, the, 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 the um, uh, snarkiness type, right? Um, I'm enough. I'm enough. Well, I love that. And that what, what comes to mind when you say that is, is two things. One is that, uh, again, I'm going to go back to Brene Brown just because we were just talking about her, but, and, and this is the anchor of her work, but really saying that it's a Theo- Theodore Roosevelt quote that launched her dairy greatly and, and subsequent work that it, it's not the critic who counts, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the man in the arena or woman in the arena that's passing judgment, throwing judgment, right? What she calls the cheap seats. So it's the online trolls or the people who don't care, the people who are going to judge you. And she says, you know, it's normal and human to care about what others think, but when we're defined by it, we lose our capacity to lead. Exactly. And, and so it's, it's being really clear about whose opinions actually matter. Right. And, and having that sense of self that you have that groundedness you talked about where, you know, we're going to mess up because perfection is, I love it. You said perfection is pure fiction that Mm -hmm. when I mess up, when I screw up, when I'm not perfect, I still am enough and I still have value. And I think that's so, that's the hallmark of 
when we talk about leadership is about becoming our best fully authentic selves, like you just summarize it right there. It's that I am on this ongoing growth journey. Like my best self is never done yep. and I'm enough at the exact same time. That's absolutely. That's the, that's exactly, you know, and that, yeah, isn't that, and that's the win-win, right? It is. It I'm is. So, you know, uh, I will say, so I've, I've had the privilege of working with quite a few different um, uh, sages in conscious leadership and spiritual and personal growth. And yeah, Brene, uh, Brene, pardon me. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Brene's, uh, uh, I did her rising strong workshop with her um, uh, in the conscious uh, conscious capitalism community. And she ran us through that workshop and it was just awesome. Um, and I love all, I've read all of her books, right? Loved most recently Dare to Lead because it was such a compilation of the others, right? Yep. But one out of, before that, the one that I think resonated with me the most that I could relate to. So was the gift of imperfection, right? Yeah. That one. And so at that workshop, when I was with her, she and I were chatting and I was able to tell her, you know, I've loved all your work, but I got to tell you the one that, that really, um, hit me the, the most, right. That really was the gift of imperfection. And Oh, when I said that she reached out and she hugged me and she said, you know, and it was just so nice. Cause I was trying to be very respectful of her space and oh my gosh. And she hugged me and said just some very kind things. And I'll tell you that, that she, she's amazing. And yeah. again, all of, and not to minimize Brunette, but all of the folks in this conscious capitalism community, right. That we get to, that we get to be learn from, um, yeah. it's just, just that's enriching, right? Yeah. That's enrichment for me. And I, I say my personal purpose for this time I'm lucky enough to have here on earth is to live an enriched life and an, uh, inspire others to do the same, right? And so I'm really trying to walk that walk, right? Because like my default is to serve only others and not make, leave me last, right? And I really have to, I've now really say, if I don't have my oxygen mask, how can I inspire others? How can I support others? How can I lift, you know, how can others, how can I support them to thrive if I'm not doing that? Well, right? and I, and I have that conversation with so many people and I, I go through with myself and I will say for me that as much as I say that I realized that I had kind of gotten stuck on this, I'm going to call it hamster wheel of, you know, traveling and busy and working and working. And for me, COVID was a huge reset, not just because we had to ground ourselves business-wise and our purpose and me personally, my purpose and, and pivot like everybody else. But also it was because we were home, I was getting back to my workouts, which for me, like the beach body, sweaty Shanti is like one of the ingredients. I need to be my best. Like I, yep. I, I like to have those workouts where I'm literally swearing at the TV. And like, yep. and my husband's like, you sound like you're getting beat up downstairs, but I'm like, but that's like, I like that for me yeah. is like, Oh man. Right. Yeah. And, and getting sleep. And, and I will, I told you, we got new puppies this last week. I've been like, granted you need to, but it's like, I've been putting myself last and trying to take care of the puppies. And I just said, Oh my God, this was six days. I'm like, no, 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 no. I need to reset because I am not effective. And so when you, when you realize that it is not selfish, because so many people I talk to, they feel selfish or they feel like they're being not helpful or they're not in service of their purpose where they maybe haven't really identified it because they're like, Oh, I can't ask for help or no, I can't set boundaries or I can't say no, or I can't say I got to do this first because then I'm a bad fill in the blank, bad leader, bad right. mother, bad father, bad parent, bad sibling. And it's like, no, you not doing that is actually extremely selfish because let me guess, are you actually really fully present with people? Are you patient? Are you listening? My guess is no. So you're actually being selfish by not taking care right. of you. 
You know, and you just hit on some really important things, Rosie. One, one, everybody has their recipe of how to be their best. And that's so important to look at that, right? That's the self-awareness thing, right? You got to dig really deep and understand yourself and go in those dark shadows and, you know, you're wise and wise and wise. And then um, two, you you also mentioned, uh, well, let me, let me just be clear. That sleep thing is so important. I go to bed at like for sure by nine and, oh, you yeah. know, I have seen your citizen hours. Like I am totally early, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm eight, you know, I'll start getting the, the, the routine by eight. Right. So I can turn out light by nine and it's funny, but anyway, um, but then you also mentioned, I think something that's really important. Right. And that is we can all get really, really busy. Actually, let me back up. You also mentioned, you know, this past week has been tough with sleep for you because of two beautiful little puppies. That sounds just awesome. You were telling me about them pre, pre-recording, which just, they sound, oh my gosh, heaven. Um, but, you know, then we go back to perfection is pure fiction, right? Yeah, you have new puppies. This is an exceptional time. But then what you did, which was so beautiful, is you've caught yourself and said, yeah, I'm not getting enough sleep that I'd like to this week all right, next week I need to make up for it or start adjusting or weaning the puppies off of having to go out in the night or whatever, or just knowing it's going to be better, right? This isn't the new thing, but you catch that, right? You caught it, you're aware of it. That's part of the mindfulness thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which mindfulness is a key piece, right? Yep. So- Well, even for me, it's a, it literally, this is the mindset. Cause we have this, <laughs> we have this crate in the living room. Well, not crate, but like a big pen area, right? And trying to like give them space to run around. Cause if you if I'm in a meeting or my son's doing school, I don't want them running around on the main level and like chewing stuff up. So it's like a safe space for them to be. And I think for me, it's the, I go down, I'm like, oh shoot. Like I was in a meeting too long and now they pooped and peed in there. Although that's the point. Right. And then Mm -hmm. I got to take them out. And so I'm realizing, you know what, if they're in there for an extra hour and they happen to poop and pee, they're, they're freaking puppies. I'm going to go downstairs and get my workout because like, they're not going to die. And I can pick up some poop and pee. Like it's right. not, oh my God, they're not going to get potty trained on time or something like that. So I think, yeah, it's just funny. It's like, okay, I got kind of caught up in this. I have to be there for these puppies and I have to be the best like trainer and get them, I don't know, miraculously potty trained in a week or something. I'm like, it's not going to happen. So whatever, you know, yeah, that's our wonder woman perfection. But then the other thing you said was, you know, people can get so busy. Right. And then I heard, you know, what I translate that to me is autopilot. Then we're on autopilot. Right. Which is not mindful. Right. And then the next thing you said, I mean, everything you said was so powerful. And then, you know, as you're talking with people and they're like, well, I have to do this, I have to do this, you know, and then you said, you know, well, the biggest thing is to ask ourselves why, wait a minute, why, wait, what makes that true? What makes that, you know, and then complete the sentence, right? I have to do this because, well, why let's, let's talk about that because, you know, and then when you take that 12 layers deeper, or maybe it's just two right? You realize that, oh yeah, maybe. And every, and that supports everything you said. It's just so, you just said so many beautiful th- observations, you know, that was just so interesting. Cause it's, but that's everyday life for some, you know, yeah. and yeah. could they could, you know, all of us could be, um, I just pray people continue to wake up, continue to evolve and realize how fortunate we are to have this time. I always say death is the best teacher. I've heard that from somewhere else. And, you know, we only have so much time here, right? Um, let's make it the most we can and enrich it the best we can because it's so gosh darn precious. And so are absolutely. People. And I think, absolutely. you know, there's one thing, listen, COVID's awful, period. End of COVID's awful. It's terrible. If there are slivers of anything good that we can take out of things, because I think you have to find good in anything, right? You have to. I, I pray that this helps people that many of, you know, folks and myself, good, everyone who can be on autopilot at times, right? And take things for granted, that this helps us 
really, really reminds us of the value of people and the human connection, yeah. right? People are the source of everything and for crying out loud, value them, value yeah. them. Yeah. They are the source of everything and our human connection, even for introverts, guess what? We all need human connection, whatever that might be. We all need love. We all need to know we matter. You yeah. and I know that, right? It's a core and, human need to know, to feel heard and seen and to know we matter. And if that, if that isn't met, oh, it's, it's oh. yeah. And yeah. Yeah. That's, and what we've learned in, with our, our business here, our Envision family is cared for people, care for people right? And that is, boy, is that a domino of goodness. And when you care for yourself, I have to, I constantly have to do that self-compassion, like learn, relearn self-compassion because of the defaults, right? But self-love, right? And other love, you care for yourself, you care for others, guess what? They will care for others. And we can, you know, what we're trying to do here at Envision is if we care for ourselves, we care for each other, then we care for our stakeholders, our clients, right? If we can help their day at work be better, guess what? If they can meaningfully contribute, be seen, heard, know that they matter, meaningfully contribute, have a great day at work, guess what? They're going to be their better selves when they go out to the world beyond that, right? Yeah. To the PA meeting, to God bless, hopefully we'll have sporting events again that we can go to, right? Or or their families, right? They'll be their better selves, right? Then guess what? Their kids, a better dinner together. Their kids are better. Their kids will go to class. They'll be better, you know, fellow students, better friends. Guess what? That's a ripple effect of goodness and ultimately will elevate humanity. I believe it from the core of my soul. Well, I love it. I mean, we're, again, we're like, we're simpatico, but I, this is why I say all the time in the focus of our, our book and the focus of this podcast is this whole idea of looking at leadership is us maximizing our positive impact on the world by becoming our best fully authentic selves and then supporting others to break past barriers and step into their greatness. So with that as definition, what you said just beautifully illustrates that. And in our book, we talk about, you know, you don't need to sit back and because I don't have the title or I don't have the role or I don't have the connections or wait for someone else, quote unquote, more qualified. It's, you know what, if I, it's grassroots, I call it grassroots organizing 101. But when you, like you said, when you take care of yourself and if you treat one other person or make a positive impact on someone else, right. And then it is, it's uh gosh, what was it? There was a commercial or something in the seventies or eighties that was like, they'll tell a friend and they'll tell a friend and so on. And it was like a shampoo commercial or something, but, but it is, it is that ripple effect. So I want to ask you, I, I, because these are questions that I ask each guest, but I feel like this is a good segue into this. So Jack, about you know, the being a work in progress. So what is a self-limiting story that you still find yourself telling yourself sometimes? And how do you move beyond it when it shows up so that you can still show up as a leader? Yeah. Um, the, what I mentioned earlier. Yeah. I think, well, maybe I didn't say it exactly, but, um, uh, who the heck do you think you are? You're not enough. That's not you know, the not enough story. Right. That one. Because if anyone can kick my ass, uh, if anyone can kick my ass, it's me. I can kick it the best. Right. I know where my jugular is and boom. So the minute I um, and I've you know, I have learned self-doubt is self-sabotage. And so when I see I, I if when I see myself getting really critical of myself, I say, you know what, even if you totally screwed up, it's okay. Cause guess what? It's okay. And um, that's, that's the, it's the self-limiting, you know, that kind of, that, that kicking my own butt, mm-hmm. yeah. that, that uh, 
the not enough, the people, what will people think, you know, that kind of, those are just rooted. Those were really rooted from childhood. Right. Yeah. And so it's recognizing those. And I'm getting, I, I'd like to say, I'd like to believe that I'm getting better at recognizing those right away. And then how do I get through them? Go back to even if, right. I'm enough. It's okay. And, and pre, like, there's so many things. That's why I say I study that self-compassion because it is to say, it's okay. And talk to myself. Like I would talk to someone I care about as a friend, like, Hey, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And just talk to myself, get that inner voice to talk to myself. Like I would talk to someone I love and care about because I got to love to do that to myself. So that's how I turn that around. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. So with that being said, what is, well, let me back up. So we always talk about that. We have the opportunity to show up as leaders in our lives, period. Right. Like you said, not just at work, but it could be your community, your family, et cetera. So this is kind of a twofold question. What is one impactful way that you are showing up as a leader at work these days? And then what's one impactful way that you are showing up as a leader in your personal life these days? So I'm going to put them the same because they're the same, I think. Uh, I like to say that, you know, how I show up at work is how I show up at home. And and let's be clear, 80-20, right? 80-20 um, rule. That perfection, pure fiction. That, but um, I think what I'm really honing in on uh, right now with since the beginning of COVID extra, right, are a couple of things. One, um, just that huge empathy, 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 empathy. Um, that's one that's, I think, really important because it could, you know, it's it's not great to assume that one envisioner is challenged in one way that that's applying to everybody else. So I think that's one. And what does support look like for you right now? Right. So I think that's one. Um, I will say this one, I think, is really important to that. I'm, I'm just trying to put extra focus on extra, extra focus on is mindful communication because we're all remote now. We can't see we don't see the physical cues as much. Um, we don't know what's going on with people as firsthand, right? So the mindful communication, being able to mindfully respond and not autopilot react. Um, and I think typically we're all pretty good at, you know, we're, I'd like to say a lot of us here are pretty good at that, but really, really being extra um, careful with that. Mindful communication. I think that's really um, extra right now. And again, I think we should always do that all the time. But again, we're not perfect, right? Gosh darn humans. Um, but putting an emphasis to really focus on that because sometimes, oftentimes we, we don't truly communicate our needs. So it's not stopping with that one question and taking something at face value. And that doesn't mean 20 questions. That doesn't mean a proctology exam with every conversation, right? It means um, uh, verify. Right. And just help people sometimes maybe you know, be a really authentic listener. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, and that speaks to the first interview of this podcast I did was with Bob Chapman. And he talks about, you know, the whole, ep- well, not the whole episode, but a lot of the episode is about listening and how that's the core of, of what they do. And in our book, we also talk about, you know, the work that we do with leaders and teams is teaching them how to listen because none of us learned how to listen. And so it's really, it's about setting an intention. We talk about setting intention for yourself and, and others. And then, like you said, it's, it's not 20 million questions. It's not the third degree, but it's also not taking someone at face value because a lot of times our first answer to something is the safe, politically correct, yep. whatever. And if we just give some space and just say, yeah. And you know, 
what really matters here or what's important here? Or we really just create a space of holding full presence with a person and having authentic inquiry. We create that space for them to feel heard and seen and matter and to also share what's authentically going on with them that may not have been the first thing that was going to come out of their mouth because it was just like the autopilot. Like it's like when someone says, how are you doing? Oh, okay. Or hanging in. It's like those, those, those responses that aren't real, but like, no, really like, what are you needing? What, what are you wanting right now? What's important right now? Where are you struggling? Let's talk about it. And you said it, you know, the intention, right? Help first of all, yourself, right? Understand the intention of your communication. What am I trying to communicate, right? What am I trying, and help people get with that to their intentions, right? There was a great book I love. So I'm a reader, right? Avid reader, avid meditate. Um, Oren J. Sofer's book, Say What You Mean. It is, it, that was, that's a great book. And he's also, by the way, a great meditation teacher. Oh my gosh, as far as relationships and communication and mindfulness, that's, uh, but that was a really good one for me. Um, but yeah, yeah. But nice. again, there's a gazillion. So anyway. Yeah. Oh. Well, this is, I just love everything about what you're doing. And I think it's so inspiring and people can learn so much for that. So we're going to kind of shift gears with the wrap up. And this is kind of the rapid fire uh, questions that, oh, um, Oh, right. Right. So are you ready? Are you ready to play? <laughs> oh, come on. Okay. So first one, fill in the blank. Living authentically is. Understanding who you are in its entirety and living your whole self. Beautiful. That's fantastic. When the world is presenting an opening, but you don't feel like showing up as a leader in that opening, what do you do? Oh, let's see. When the world is presenting an opening and you don't feel like showing up as a, um, I ask myself probably why, right? And then um, I go back to my intention of um, living, you know, an enriched life with love. And then I always will think of other people, love. And then I'll buck it up and here we go. Let's go. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think sometimes when I don't feel like showing up as a leader, I I may not be quite so self-aware and resetting that. So I love that. I love that. When's the last time you were courageous and how did you show up? Oh, uh, who, I don't know. Gosh. Um, okay, sure. Right now, this podcast being recorded, uh, you know, what if I could make a mistake? Whoop, that's a perfection, right? How did I show up? It's going to be all right. It's rosy. This is going to be great. Guess what? If I say something that not a lot of people like, even if I do that, it's going to be okay. I love it. I love that. Well, I'm so glad that you stepped into your uh, courageousness to, to do this and have this conversation because I think it's going to, people are going to get a lot from it. So something people would be surprised to know about you. Uh, so I'm often, I, I, well, I hear this a lot is, um, wow, you're only 410 <laughs> because <laughs> when they hear me on the phone or something, they don't see me the 410. And then I always wear high heels. Right. So believe me, no one sees me at 410. And then, so if anyone sees me in my running shoes or walking shoes, the first thing they'll say is, wow, you're short. And it's just <laughs> instinctively. Right. And, and then, and then they'll always follow it up with, cause then I'll be like, yeah, I know. Funny enough. I know that. Right. And then they'll follow it up with, no, I mean, really short. <laughs> <laughs> Like, thank you, Captain Obvious. You're yeah. right. Yes. But it's yes. They can't believe it. And you can tell it's so 
um, instinctive, like they don't, but, oh, wow, you're short. Oh, I mean, really short. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, it's kind of hey, th thank you. Thank you for letting me know. I was not aware. Yeah, I love it. Okay. So this one, this one I'm, I love doing this actually I use as an icebreaker sometimes with groups or even we've done this around campfires. So I call it the four C's. So this is if money and reality were no object, what car would you drive? What country would you visit? What cuisine would you eat? It does not have to be related to the country. And then what celebrity living or dead would you want to eat that cuisine with? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so the first one was what car, car I drive? You know what? Anything that gets me to, from A to B in relative comfort. And then if I'm thinking of the stakeholders, you know, that's, that's, that's responsible to our earth. And, um, but um, please just get me to, from A to B in relative comfort so I can show up, you know, my best self. Yeah. Okay. Country. Country. Oh, that's so hard. So I used to live in Europe and I've traveled a lot of Europe and I love um, kind of the Mediterranean. No, that's not true. I love Scandinavia. I love all of them. But you know where I haven't been that I'd really like to go because I've heard so many good things about this is uh, New Zealand because it looks so green. Um, they're so um, conscious with the environment, with everything. It just looks so beautiful. So that one, let me say, I'm curious about, and that's where I'd love to go. And then beyond that, you know what? I'd love to live three months or six months all over the, you know, in so many different places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Zealand's on my list too, for sure. Well, much of it, I go to the people, right? I love the culture and, you know, how it looks. And there's so much green there, at least the photos that I've seen, right? Yeah. And that, that is grounding to me. When I picture, you know, the grounding and meditate on that first chakra, I think of the earth and grounding and grass growing and green. And so, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So this does not have to be related. I don't know if New Zealand has a cuisine or not, but what cuisine would you eat? Oh, hands down. Okay. So I have to go with stuff I've already eaten, right? Because I, I, I would love to try new things. I, I, I'm a taster, forget it, every, right? But, oh, okay. And I don't eat, I, now I do kind of a keto green-ish, like healthy, low carb. But um if, if it didn't matter, it didn't matter. I would take a warm French baguette and spread some really nice camembert on it and then put it almost like a sandwich. Just eat warm camembert, camembert on a warm French crispy baguette. Mm. And, and then, then what celebrity, maybe a little wine, maybe hey, with some wine, some bread, some wine so good. right next to it. Yeah, that's all good. So <laughs> then what celebrity, living or dead, would you have your baguette and wine with? Yeah, so I'm not a real big celebrity hound. I think, you know, Rumi. I would love to sit with Rumi and just listen to Rumi talk. Oh, fantastic. All right, a little more fun ones. Your favorite go-to movie? Oh, there's so many. Oh, so I'm kind of a rom-com, but also with a good meaning. I'll tell you, I, I, no kidding. I just saw that Fishing with Dynamite. That was awesome about conscious capitalism. That was such a great movie. But, um, you know, something lighthearted that has a good meaning in it. Like um, Love Actually. I love that one. You mm -hmm. know, it's light. It's fun. I'm, I'm binging right now Schitt's Creek, which I think has ultimately a really good lessons in it. I haven't seen that one yet. I know I'm kind of behind on the, but well, I think it's so smart. I mean, it's about if I, what I, what I'm seeing in it and I'm only in season three is kind of the evolution of people finding what matters, you know, and I think that's oh, really cool. interesting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very fun. And laughing along the way. Listen, I don't, I think we all, the best thing for one of the best things for us is to have a belly laugh, a good, genuine laugh, you know, oh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Cry, so. mm -hmm. 
What's your go-to song? Okay, I don't have one. The, uh, here's the thing. I love any inspirational music. Like right now, there's some really great stuff that just lift you up music. Give me anything that lifts you up. Just yeah. anything like that. I, I'm a good, I, there, so there's a lot of inspirational music I listen to. There's life, there's this one, um, yeah, just really feel good music that are good messages that remind you of the importance of life and love. Um, and then frivolous, I kind of think, yacht yeah, rock. And I'm an 80s, you know, have you ever yacht heard yacht rock? Oh my God, like yacht rock radio, we go, yacht, even, even yeah. my son Peyton, he'd be like, Mommy, not rock radio. <laughs> you would mimic the guy. Christopher <laughs> Cross, right? And, yeah, oh, love, and, then, love, um, not rock. and then I'm an yeah. 80s girl. So anything, you know, kind of the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Those love it. I start with the inspirational because love yeah. that. Love that. Let's just remind, you know, and then uh, Yacht Rock and then anything 80s. The other so if you're listening to 80s, then probably more appropriate or, or maybe Yacht Rock. What's your signature dance move? Oh, God. Oh, uh, mm, mm, uh, I don't know that I have one. I just, I just, I just shake what God gave me. I don't know. You know what it really is, is to just let loose and just do what feels good. So I don't think you can define that. No one really should. And no right. one should really no one should. see it. Because- <laughs> you're like, I'm just going to move and groove. I love it. Um, what in another life, your job or career would be? Oh my gosh, Rosie, these are hard. You know, I don't know. I guess whatever I felt my purpose was in another life or another, you know, but I think it would probably always come around a connection with people. I think no matter that what that would be, it would be care for people in some way, shape or form. I'll bet. I don't know. Ooh, gosh, that's good. Is it terrible that I don't have an answer? No. Oh but see, God. now maybe you're going to sit with it and meditate on it. You never know. Anyway. Yeah, I probably will. All right. All right. We got a couple more. So what's something you can't live without? Mm, love, human connection and love. Absolutely. Other yep. human beings. Absolutely. Friends, family, um, which are envisioner. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Human connection. Yep. For sure. For sure. Something in your ordinary daily life that makes your heart happy. My Morky get like waking up. My Morky, like little Gus saying, um, oh, hi, you're awake. Well, now I'm happy. Just to know that I'm awake makes him happy as, uh, or at least I'm reading that into his mind. You know, I don't know. Yeah. You're going to, you know, you're going to make up stuff your dogs say all the time. We I make up stories about what our dogs say. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And last but not least, what are you grateful for right now? Oh, this conversation. So enriched. This is just a beautiful conversation. I am looking at you right now and my heart is so warm and filled with love oh. right this moment. Right back at you, right back at you, Nancy. Well, this is so fantastic. I just want to thank you for, you know, you just started off my Friday on a really great note. And I just thank you for who you are and everything you're doing. And hopefully people will take some wonderful inspiration and nuggets away from this in your journey. And I just think, you know, the ability to, no matter where we are in life, to be able to just reset and take whatever the universe throws at us when it's a wake up call and use it to, go through that messy middle and catapult ourselves to, to growth and a better version of ourselves rather than to, you know, cower and go into a shame spiral type of thing. And I think you're such a great example of, of taking that path of, you know what, this is a wake up call. Hell no, I'm in a reset. And I just think so many of us have those moments. And I, if more people take that path, like you took to really go to inquiry and go to, you know, let's find a different path. I think we're going to be on a good a good path for the future. So I just thank you. Thank you. And back at you, your work is so important. Um, gosh, the more people that you work with, the better this world will be. So thank you for everything you've been rosy for. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you so much for listening to Show Up as a Leader. 
If you haven't yet subscribed, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. I'm Rosie Ward, and you can find me online at drrosieward.com, where you'll be able to sign up for my newsletter, check out the books I'm reading, and hear from the people I'm talking to. You can also get more information on what I'm up to professionally, including my coaching and speaking services. You can also find me on LinkedIn at rward, Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Rosie Ward, or email me at rosie at drrosieward.com. And I just want to remind you to remember that you have the choice every day to show up as a leader. So choose courage over comfort, embrace your humanity, and never, ever dull your sparkle. Take care, everyone.